This is Financially Tuned with Michael Mansfield from The Lind Group. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With 10 years of experience in the financial industry, Michael provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding social security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals, your money, and your plans in perfect harmony. And now, here is Michael Mansfield to help you find out how to be financially tuned. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Financially Tuned Radio. I'm your host, Mike Mansfield. I'm a certified financial planner right here in Ventura with the Lind Group. This week, we've got a good show. It's kind of interesting. I know the last few weeks, Tony and I have been talking a lot about Social Security. We just had a big Social Security workshop this week. It was busy. It was active. There was a lot of learning going on there. We had a really good time with it. And you know what? It was such a success. Everybody will be happy to hear that we're putting the Social Security workshop back on the calendar for September. We were actually going to do something else, but we had such a push of people and a lot of people that called in that couldn't attend that wanted to come to the next one that we will be doing it in September. So that's something that we will be talking about over the next few weeks. But hey, Tony, not to forget about you, buddy. Thanks for joining us. How are you doing today? (laughs) Oh, I'm doing great. Uh, No worries. I'm here having fun, just listening to it all. And I think that's great that you've decided to continue the Social Security workshops because super educational Uh, No cost, no obligation, but you do need to reserve a spot because I know they fill up fast, so I'd encourage everybody out there. I've been to one of these, and Michael, you're a great uh, teacher. Uh, You really explain things. You make it easier to understand. You lay it all out, and it really makes the difference. Thousands of dollars potentially say uh, extra in Social Security benefits uh, if you learn how to maximize before you file. If you've either haven't filed or have recently filed, uh, I think that's, or have a spouse that hasn't filed yet, this is, this is, you have to attend this. Um, oh, you got it. You yeah. got it. And, yeah. it, and it. And it plays into the big picture. See, this is the cornerstone of retirement income planning. Social security is a very, very important decision that you need to make and you need to make it proactively. I mean, even one of the things I talk about in the workshop is I kind of have this pretty picture and it shows social security and other income sources, but then it shows your personal savings, you know, your 401ks, your IRAs. And I say to people, you know, think about how much time you've spent your whole life worrying about your personal savings. What's your diversification? What's your return? You know, how's this doing? What about that? But how much time did you really spend on your social security decisions? And when we look at it as a number, social security represents for most people over half of their retirement income. So that's a core asset class, people. It is an important asset class. You need to think about it. You need to plan it. But hey, you know what? We're kind of burnt out on social security. That's all we talk about the last few weeks, I feel like. (laughs) What about today? So today uh, we got an interesting show. I was trying to sit down the other day over the weekend and write down what I would think of as rumors. You know, people hear about rumors. They hear from their, their friends and their family and things they read, different ideas, different things that might make sense or not make sense. They, they establish preconceived notions. I'm really into behavioral finance. And so rumors start to create our heuristics. They create these little shortcuts in our head that when we don't fully understand something, it helps us to make decisions about something we don't really understand. 
And so we're going to talk about some rumors today. But before we get carried away on rumors, I have a surprise for Tony. Uh-oh. I'm going to give him a this is a pop quiz. This is a surprise. Uh-oh. He doesn't he does not know about this. I'm pulling this out uh-huh. right now. He he had no, no idea that this was happening. But well, I was told there would be no math. As long as it doesn't involve math, <laughs> I'm minor math, minor math, minor Aww. math. Yeah, sorry. But I but but this is an interesting. I'm going to give you a three-question quiz, Tony, and and I'm going to give you the quiz first and then I'm going to tell you why I'm giving you the quiz, okay? okay. You ready? Yep. You ready? You better shake off the cobwebs. Get that mental power fired up here. Okay. So, everybody listening, this is this is question number one for Tony to figure out. All right. Let's take a deep breath and focus. Suppose you have $100 in a savings account, and the interest rate on your savings account is 2% per year. After five years... How much do you think you would have in the account if you left the money to grow? A, more than $102. B, exactly $102. Or C, less than $102. You get 30 seconds. (laughs) I don't need 30 seconds. I think it would be about $2 (laughs) per year. So after five years, that would be more than $102. Very good. Answer A, more than $102. Congratulations. You have passed the first question on compound interest. Okay. Awesome. Moving on. Question two. Deep breath. Let's focus. Okay. Imagine that the interest rate on your savings account was 1% per year and inflation was 2% per year. After one year, how much money or excuse me, how much would you be able to buy with the money in this account? A, more than today, B, exactly the same as today, or C, less than today? Ask me the question again. What was it? Oh, the the question is, if you imagine your interest rate on your savings account was 1%. Yeah. And interest inflation Inflation was 2%. Well, then you'd have less. Yeah, absolutely. So that's less. answer C, less than today. Congratulations. Because inflation is growing at a rate higher than your account is because the interest the mm-hmm. inflation rate's 2% and your interest rate's 1, then you're losing money, which is pretty much the case for every certificate of deposit, right? <laughs> pretty close. Now, yeah. you know, the 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 way they calculate inflation is a different thought, but we can go there later. So, congratulations. You have passed a question on understanding, you know, erosion of purchasing power. Woohoo. All right, question oh, wow. 3. So this one's simple. This one's simple. This is a true or false question for Tony. And if we can go 3 for 3, I'm going to I'm going to take it I hop after this and buy you a stack of pancakes. Okay? Um okay. okay. Buying a single company stock usually provides a safer return than a stock mutual fund. Would be false because you want diversity, right? Oh my gosh, Tony, you're like a you're like a financial guru over here. I love it. <laughs> Absolutely correct. So there's lower risk in a stock fund because it's a basket of stocks. You have diversification versus the absolute risk of one company stock. So good. Okay, so why did I ask Tony these three questions? Yeah. I didn't make them up, by the way. So two economists actually made these three questions up. 
Uh, let's give them some credit. Anna Maria Lasardi and Olivia Mitchell are economists. They conducted this three-question survey. They posted it on CNBC. <clears throat> so this was a big survey. They surveyed a lot of people. And Tony is not necessarily representative of the population. But Tony, if you were to guess, what percentage of people do you think could get all three of these questions correct when surveyed? I would say the majority. They were pretty simple. So I'm going to go, but yet there's a lot of people out there that don't know. So I'm going to go with 75% got them right. Wow. So if that was question number four, you would have failed four and you only got a 75% on your test, which is a, which is a middle of the road C. So no more pancakes. The, um, so when this was surveyed, and they posted this online, only 30% of Americans surveyed could answer all three of those questions. 70% of people cannot answer those three questions when surveyed. How freaking scary is that? Wow. That's, I, I can't believe that. that people. I mean, that's like swallowing questions. a pathetic pill. That is so bad. I, I, I mean, I was horrified when I read this. And the economists went into great detail about the concept of what I've talked about before, financial literacy. And they say we're absolutely at a crisis level right now. People are so financially incompetent that it is beyond scary. I mean, even the idea of balancing a checkbook has left us because we don't need to do that anymore. You know, technology supports a lot of things, but people don't have a basic understanding of finances. And mm -hmm. the reason I gave you this little quiz, the reason I thought that this study was very important is because this plays into rumors. If people lack a general depth of financial literacy, how can you use rumors to make solid retirement financial decisions? I mean, that, that just seems extremely irresponsible to me. So anyways, um, maybe we should now get into some rumors. <laughs> well, I think that's an amazing, <laughs> that's a scary thought that people can't answer those simple questions. Yeah, but this is common. I mean, you know, and they, they say, as we've discussed before, when you when you go to the national, uh, what is it, the National Financial Literacy Council org. I mean, there's a website for everyone to visit. It is incredible what the low statistics are on people that take any type of financial quizzes, how much they understand. It slowly increases by age, but then it actually decreases in later age. And so. There's a lot there and we got to be concerned about it because there's a lot of rumors. There's a lot of preconceived notions about finances, you know, what that means, how you use it, because I see it walk in my door all the time. You know, I, I've heard that people say, hey, the best thing I've got is a whole life insurance policy for a savings account. I've heard the best idea available to somebody was a variable annuity. You know, and it's funny because when you when you look at these things and, and people come in and say, you know, this is the best thing. This is the only thing. This is what I understand. And so that's what I cling to. To me, that's like standing in line at the grocery store and reading the headlines of the magazines and turning those into some kind of, you know, gospel. Um, it's, it's just not accurate. And everybody's situation is different. And you have to be very, very careful because we live in a world where there's almost too much information. There's too much media. There's too much discussion. And people have a hard time digesting stuff that they don't fully understand. I equate financial services, investing, all of this stuff back to being a plumber. I know nothing about plumbing. And so if I call a plumber and have a plumber over, I'm going to kind of rely on what that plumber tells me. And you know what? He could be talking gibberish and I wouldn't know the, the second wind of it. 
So we need to be very conscious about where we get information. We need to be very conscious about the people that we work with and the people that we talk to and the pieces of information that we choose to retain in our minds. Well, and I think that's that's good to know. And so basically, you know, I always hear, you know, you need X amount of money to retire. But what you're saying uh, that's bogus because everybody's different. Well, yeah, I mean, and that's the problem. I hear that all the time. People walk in, well, I need $2 million to retire. I need $4 million. I need $1 million. Um, because my friend said that. And that is that is just, once again, that's crazy pills. Everybody's situation is absolutely different. And it hinges on the things that I'm always talking about. It hinges on, well, wait a second. Figuring out a retirement plan is not about a single sum of money. Oh, my gosh, if you have $2 million. You could have $2 million that's, all in a savings account at the bank, or you could have $2 million in a 401k. And the taxes are so fundamentally different that you'd have two completely different experiences that might work out or might not. So you can't just put this nominal number on everything. It's all about having a plan. It's all about working with a financial professional that will actually spend the time to create a cash flow plan. What is coming in from social security? What's coming in from pensions, other external sources? How much do you need? How much do you need to pull out of your investments to be comfortable? With those types of numbers, you can then back test into what your magic number looks like, but then you have to stress test it against taxes because if you have a 401k that's all pre-tax money versus a Roth IRA that's all after-tax money, these things would greatly, greatly, greatly impact what that magic number is for you. So don't listen to the hyped rumor that you just need this certain bucket of money and then all is well. Now, granted, if the bucket of money is 20 million, all is well. So um, maybe maybe we should all just say that's our magic number. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> make, make it easy. Then, then you can have all the tax inefficiency you choose. Um, yeah, but good. you can't focus on this one number. It just doesn't make any sense. You have to have a plan. It helps come up with your unique number. If you're young and you're still working and you're in your accumulation phase, then it's easier to project those numbers because we can say, hey, you know, if we forward project that you need XYZ dollars, we hedge for inflation, we hedge for taxes, boom, 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 boom. You need to be saving this much now to come up with this number someday. But if you're approaching retirement, it's a little harder for us to say, hey, your magic number is XYZ dollars. Because really your retirement plan is going to be shaped around what you have because you have what you have and there's not much more to save at that point. And that's what's scary. That's why planning needs to be proactive. That's why you need to be concerned about meeting with people like myself probably 10 years before you retire at least. That way there's time to make sure that the resources are there to maintain your custom of living. I mean, one of the other myths that we hear about quite a bit is this idea that you um you will ultimately spend less in retirement. Yeah. Well, and yeah. I kind of say gibberish and for a yeah. lot of reasons. I mean, more and more people in older ages are carrying mortgages in retirement. See, the argument of that old thought that oh, you can retire on less was that you had no debt, you had no mortgage, everything was paid off, you were done, you were settled. But you know what, Tony? What is the highest fastest growing population age-wise of student loan debt? Any idea? Um, no. It's over the age of 50. Oh, I would have guessed younger. Right. Over the age of 50 is the highest or the, the quickest growing pool of people accumulating student loan debt. Well, wait a second. How are you going to retire unless when you're, when you're carrying student loan debt? 
you know, and a mortgage. I mean, these are things that all need to be considered. So everybody is unique. Everybody has their own problems. And and once again, if we just fall into these stigmatized thoughts that we hear from our friend downtown at the bar, good golly, you know, I just hope that they're going to be there to help you out if things don't work out correctly. Well, yeah, that's, that's crazy. Hey, you know what? We have to take a quick break here. I just noticed we, we have to insert a break. Is there anything else you want to add before we do? Why don't you let the listeners know how to get a hold of you? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we're talking about rumors today. We're talking about financial literacy. These are things that you need to know. You need to understand. You need to have a plan. If you give me a call, 805-500-7035, we are offering all of our upfront services complimentary at no cost because there's so much value to it. Running a social security maximization analysis, running a cash flow analysis, helping you understand what your income gap is and the type of money that you have in order to fill that income gap in retirement will give you confidence. It will give you peace of mind or it'll give you all out fear. So we need to get this stuff done for you. You need to have it in place. You need to know what's happening. Call our office, 805-500-7035. Visit our main website, thelindgroup.com. And when you're totally bored on the weekdays, don't forget to listen to our our recorded radio shows that are all saved financially tuned radio.com. But we will be right back after this. The prospect of retirement can be exciting and scary at the same time. At The Lynn Group, we have found many people either approaching or currently in retirement fail to truly maximize some of the benefits offered to them. Primarily, Social Security. What is it? How does it work? It is not simply a benefit that you start receiving at age 62. Because these decisions are so important, our firm has assembled an informational packet on Social Security. If you would like a complimentary copy of Social Security Maximization, please call our office today at 805-500-7035 or visit us at financiallytunedradio.com. And welcome back to Financially Tuned with our amazing host, Michael Mansfield, and myself, your co-host, Tony Shore, and Michael of the Lind Group. You are here. You're an expert on all things financial, retirement planning, income planning, And we're talking about rumors we need to ignore, especially retirement rumors. And, you know, you mentioned there's no one magic number when it comes to retirement. We've heard that one. Uh, What's another rumor out there that we should be wary of or ignore? Yeah, Tony, you know, there's so many things and and we see them walk in the door all the time. But, you know, the kind of the big thought, one of the things I think about are just these general rule of thumb rumors that I, I seem to see all the time. You know, the general rule of thumb, in order to get your investments to go up, you have to um, invest aggressively. I mean, we had a we had an 89-year-old walk in here the other day, doesn't have a lot of money left. He's pulling the money down heavily in order to support the lifestyle. And they were 87% still in the stock market. And I thought, my gosh, that's aggressive, you know, relative to your situation, relative to what you're pulling down. And the attitude was, well, I don't know. It's always been like that. And I thought in order to get a return, that's what the guy needed to be doing. So that's always a thought. That's always a concern. That's not always true. Once again, everybody's situation is unique. Some of the other, though, rumors that we hear, obviously people always walk in. They've always heard about the 4% drawdown rule. If I take out 4% of my account value per year, I should be fine and dandy forever. First of all, if anybody understood the math behind that, that 4% rule came out in, what, 1993, I think, by Morningstar, um, paired up with an economist. I can't pick, can't remember who at the moment. 
But they said, hey, you know, back then, 20 years ago, if you pulled out 4% a year, you should be A-OK. But what was happening back then, too? You could go get a CD that paid you 8%. Um, things, it was easy to create boring rates of return in conservative things such as bank accounts and savings accounts and stuff like that. In 2000, oh my gosh, I'm stress testing my thoughts here. Uh, in 2014, <laughs> maybe it was? No, 13, 2013. Morningstar completely redid that whole plan, that 4% rule that everyone still got yep. glued to the side of their forehead. They came out and said, eh, we were just kidding. People are now living too long. Investment returns are, are kind of declining in the sense of being conservative. That 4% rule is now 2.8%. Now, you know what's wow. funny, Tony? Wow. I have yet in the last you know four years or whatever it's been since that came out, I've yet to have a single person walk in my door and mention 2.8%. But I do nope. regularly hear about 4%. So, you know, people hear these things, they glue it into their mind, they accept it as gospel, and they move forward through life. Now, I don't necessarily agree with 4% or 2.8% or anything. I think that, once again, everybody's situation's unique, and it's all about the plan, it's all about the assets, it's all about social security, it's all about having these things come together. And basically, when you create a financial cash flow income plan, the drawdown rate comes to us. It's natural. It falls in place. And we understand if it makes sense or it doesn't. So you, you just can't accept this stuff as being automatically, by default, the right answer. Therefore, you don't need too much help. The other one that we see all the time, people walk in, I hear all the time, is you use your age as the percent that your, your portfolio should be in bonds. That is a nice big picture thought. You know, so the older you are, once again, right. the more conservative you are. That's a nice big picture thought. But once again, gosh, it's a rule has, of thumb and it, it doesn't apply to everybody, right? Exactly. I mean, it's just so generalized. It has no value just because you're you're being conservative in 60s. What if you found out at, at 57 you have terminal cancer? You know, well, maybe your life expectancy is a little different than the way that that rule of thumb applies to people in concept. So we have to be very careful about how we use this stuff that we don't understand. We don't want it to be gospel. We want it as a guideline. We then figure out how it fits into the big picture plan. The other thing, as we talk about just rumors, people walk in all the time and say, well, they don't have enough money to save for retirement. Now, look, I'm, you know, I don't want to sound all pessimistic. I don't want to be negative, but I believe something. I believe that life and everything in it is about planning and thinking ahead and being responsible and being tactical with our decisions. And so sometimes I do sound negative because as much as we can't save for retirement, we can. I don't care if you save 1%, 2%, 3% of your income. You need to save something. But the problem is when people hear that, they say, well, if I only save a little bit, it's not doing enough. It won't amount to much. And that's not the point. The point is you need to regularly take every step forward to be successful and prepare for retirement. Now, look, there are legitimately people living in poverty that are legitimately cannot save. But there are way, 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 way too many average wage earning Americans that just use income as a total excuse. Look, my my eight-year-old now at six and a half started saving money. She had a specific goal that she came up with. I didn't even plan it in her head. I was horrified. And in fact, now that I'm saying that, I'm going to bring her on the radio show next week to talk about it. Oh, but, that's awesome. Yeah, let's do that. I, you know, but, but look. That would be great. My eight-year-old doesn't have a job. I don't give her an allowance. 
And somehow she saves, and actually she saved a lot of money. But you know what she's done? She's figured it out. She started right. pulling stuff out of our garage and says, we don't use this. Can Mom, can you help me put it on Craigslist? Can we have a garage sale? She created, she got a, a cardboard box from something we bought once, and she made a lemonade stand. She proactively says, hey, I need to do something on the side to generate the extra cash I need to hit my goal. And this is a little kid. And as adults, we can't do that. Well, it's too hard working and it's too hard. Look, kids work too, right? They go to school all day. They have homework. They have, you make them go to soccer and everything else. They're just as busy as us in a different way. And yet, you know, if they apply themselves, they can figure it out. So we need to be squirreling our money away. If you're unwilling to sacrifice now, then, then no one's going to cry for you later. Yeah. You know, I, there was a story that was interesting. It was, um, you know, came out a couple years ago about a janitor back East that when he passed away, he had been the janitor his whole life at this school and he left $8 million to the school when he died. Wow. Wait, wait, is a janitor a high paying prestigious job that only the affluent could save $8 million doing? Wow. You know, I mean, it's just yeah. one little one little penny at a time, and and it grows into something interesting. That's amazing. That's awesome. I I think it's great that, um, you know, your you great example. First of all, using your daughter as an example to hit, say, hey, adults, you can save for retirement. Oh, I don't I don't make enough to save, or, you know, I need to use this money elsewhere. Well, everybody, you can save. Uh, the, there are ways, and I know there are strategies, and you help people figure out, hey, here's how I could save more. And that's another reason why we should be meeting with you. Now, we're almost out of time for today's show. Uh, why don't you tell people how they can get a hold of you or set up that complimentary consultation? Yeah, Tony, thanks for that. Obviously, give us a call, 805-500-7035. One of the core things that I do in the financial planning process is initially I help people organize their expenses. I want to know how you're spending your money. I want to know how you're using your money. Everybody's situation, once again, is unique. It's different. It requires a different level of thought, a different level of concern. And that's what we do here. So give us a call, 805-500-7035. Visit our website, thelindgroup.com. Lind is L-Y-N-D. You can come to our Facebook page. You can find our, our pre-recorded radio shows on our main website. There's a lot of information there to understand us. But if you're considering retiring someday, whether that's coming up soon or coming up down the road, you need to have a plan. You need to have a process. It will give you peace of mind. It will give you support. It will help your mental health. It'll help you to be successful. So give us a call, 805-500-7035. Otherwise, as usual, same time, same place next week. Actually, I'm, I, I wanna do one more little seed here. I should have probably done this throughout the show. We are probably switching here in September to a new time of 2 p.m. versus 5 p.m. So we're going to start seeding that in the shows so that anybody that's listening knows to start listening at a different time. But, hey, we'll be back at the same time, same place next week. Thank you for listening to Financially Tuned. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Michael Mansfield at The Lind Group. Call 805-500-7035 or visit their website at financiallytunedradio.com.
All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Michael Mansfield and The Lind Group are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency. 